Hello and welcome to Future Thinking with Stylus. I'm Mandy Savin, Head of Food and Beverage and Travel and Hospitality here at Stylus and I'm your host for today. There's a reason you're hearing from me rather than Christian. Last week we hosted our Decoded Future Summit here in London, a day where we bring Stylus content to life through talks from global brands, retailers, agencies, startups, tech companies and of course ourselves. In this episode, we'll showcase a panel discussion from the event, which I featured on, which explores how sustainability has become a mainstream agenda within the travel space. Eco-awareness, ethics and values now influence all travellers, and this mindset is opening up countless opportunities for brands and operators who are keen to build a goodwill halo around their products and services. So without any delay, here it is. Happy listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to um, the next panel, which is the Traveller's Guide to Sustainability. And um, we've got a great panel with us today. Um, we've got Aaron Hocking, um, Managing Director at EMEA at Intrepid Group, Juliet Kinsman, founder of Boutico, and Mandy Savin, Head of Food, Beverage and Hospitality at Stylus. Um, so just to kick things off, um, I'll start with Juliet. Um, what do you think the difference is between ecotourism and sustainable tourism, and how can they work together? So I think ecotourism as a term has been around longer. We sort of know it. We're familiar with the word eco. And I actually have to admit, I just Googled what it meant, the sort of origins of the word eco. I don't know if anyone knows, but so it was a German zookeeper. <laughs> 19th century German zookeeper invented the, invented the word ecology. Uh, meaning the study of life, which of course comes from, well, it comes from the Greek word ikos, O-I-K-O-S, meaning home or place. So I was looking at that. Now, if we think about sustainability and what does sustainability mean? Actually, I didn't Google that because I hope I know what it means, but it means, <laughs> so it's something continues into the future. So I think, for me, eco means to do with the environment, so green. So I think we always think perhaps that will mean so environmentally friendly that it's a compromise to comfort. That's what I would, I, that's how I interpret it. I mean, there's such catch-all terms. Sustainable tourism, however, for me, can uh, have the connotation of being more about high-end luxury, not compromising on, uh, uh, not compromising on comfort. And also, I think, to the consumer, unfortunately, perhaps, it suggests that you will have to pay more premium. So rather than sacrificing on comfort for the sake of good, sustainability is about... Uh, Paying, it might be about paying more to have a positive impact. That, that's how I interpret it. Um, and Mandy, who do you think is the new eco-traveller? I think the, eco, the new eco-traveller is basically all of us to some degree. I think we can't really define this demographic anymore by age or gender or even affluence. And I think it's all about, you know, sort of mindset and behaviours. But even within that... I think we can all subscribe to some eco-aligned principles when we're traveling, and then we just won't subscribe to others, because at the end of the day, we still want our comforts, and we want our luxuries, and I think it's quite a, it's sort of a selective process. And the one thing that we have found from the research that we've been doing um, is that Gen Z is particularly keen on eco-travel and ethically forward travel. And this is a generation that are being taught all of these principles in the classrooms that they find themselves in and, you know, in their homes, their parents are aware of all of these issues as well. So in turn, this has sort of rallied them 
and they are going to be taking their ethics and their values with them in the future when they travel, and I think that's going to have a marked impact. Feel free to jump in at any point. I think, I think values <laughs> is the key word, and you, I, they shared a, a quote that I often uh, wheel out, <laughs> which is, you know, VFM, traditionally very much the travel industry, which is business, it's all about, I mean, the travel industry is about making money, um, is... is values, VFM, value for money, is now values for money. So exactly what you're saying. I think in the future, the future traveler really will look at your brand's values, particularly in travel. That's what I think, as well as, well as yeah. value for money. Yeah, definitely, yeah. The, you, you look at that more and more. Customers' personal values really come through with their purchasing decisions and what they're looking to do. And when your brand aligns with, uh, with the customer's values, that's when you see that real cut through and, and the customer's engaging with your brand. Uh, and, and using your product there as well. So very, very important that you have that alignment with uh, with your customer base for sure. And I think also as um, sustainable travel becomes more mainstream, that will be the expectation. So if you're not aligned with that, it's really going to annoy your consumer and they will single you out for that and yeah. call you out on that. So I certainly will, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really, really interesting trend there as well. And I think that if you have a look at that concept of sustainable travel, is, that, can be, that can be environmentally sustainability. Mm -hmm. That can also be around that sort of creating shared value and that economic sustainability as well there. You know, going to a destination and making sure that the money stays in that country and supports the local communities and provides for them, helps them set up their eco-structures or their infrastructure is very, very important as well. So I think I didn't answer your question in full. That's exactly the point. With sustainability, we obviously look at social, economic and environmental. Yep. And I think wealth distribution, when we think about travel as opposed to a product that you buy, that opportunity to sp spread wealth to local economies, I think there's typically... For every 100 US dollars spent in luxury travel, uh, only, I think it's less than $10 stays in the immediate yeah, it's, area. It's five or six, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really, really, um, it's a bit of a, a scary trend when you think about it. One of the things that we're doing at Intrepid, which is, which is fantastic, is we really try and support some community-based tourism initiatives. We actually engage with local communities, help them set up a sustainable tourism product, and then we step away from it and help them get volume through that so they can have that economic stability and that sustainability for there as well. So to really make sure that we're, we're addressing that concept of the money leaving the country, we want it to make sure that it stays in there and, and, uh, and really benefits the local people as well. So it is a, but it's a, it's a bit of a scary trend how much money actually comes out from, from some of those travel well, products. It's been amazing today. So many people who've spoken about closed loop and circular economy and the fact that someone said that they felt it was like the buzzword, even though it's two words, but anyway, buzzword. Um, I sit in many meetings still with head management, senior management for a hotel company, and they don't know what a circular economy or closed loop is. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's great that people are talking about it. Good. And um, carrying on from that, Aaron, um, how do you think we can make long-haul travel genuinely sustainable? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? When you have a look at it from an environmental impact point of view, until we get sort of electric aircraft or something like that, maybe drones can fly us around or something like that, um, there's always going to be a carbon problem. And, that, and that's the, the big piece that we face with, with travel there around carbon. Um, so making sure that, that customers are aware of that carbon footprint from travel, making sure that they're offsetting that carbon is really, really important. Um, one of the things that we've, we've done at Intrepid is since 2010, we've been a carbon neutral business. Um, we're actually, um, we've, we've sort of um, put ourselves a task to be the world's first climate positive company. And we say climate positive because why does it have to be negative? 
Why does it have to be neutral? This is something that we should be doing. Every person should be actively trying to reduce and offset their carbon, their carbon footprint in that way. So we're, um, we're looking to be the world's first climate positive company. We've been carbon neutral since 2010. Um, also from that uh, economic sustainability as well is making sure when you travel as well, have a look in those local areas and, and shop in the local stores. You know, engage with the local communities. Have a look at the hotels that you're staying with and, and, and make sure that they're locally owned and, and they're looking after the environment and they, they instill those processes there as well. Not only will you be helping the local community and the local economy, but also a lot of the times you'll get a much more authentic experience as well. I don't know if you go to a place and you talk to a local person and actually engage with them and find out the real their point of view of what's actually happening in that country, that's the real benefit of travel, isn't it? That you come away a, a bigger, broader person as well. So. It is, but it's so interesting. I'm so glad you got the question about the, uh, the, the long-haul travel because mm. it's always that really awkward... I mean, we're utterly hypocritical. And people say, oh, but, you know, you go around, you're spreading good word. And, yeah, I mean, like, climate change will not slow down until yeah. we cut our carbon emissions. It's very, very simple. Yeah. So I guess... You know, in terms of travel, I still, of course, I do fly around. Um, I guess you just really have to modify other parts of your life. Yeah. I changed That's to it. good energy yesterday from British Gas. I sold my car two years ago. I, I just, I think with travel, people are not going to fly less. We just really have to scrutinize our own footprint in every way we can. Of course, yeah. 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 Offset where we can. We yeah. need solutions. We need, we do need biofuel solutions. And yeah. yeah. I mean, there are lots of companies working on those, yeah. like Virgin, for example, and, you know, arguably there should be more support towards them. Um, as an alternative to flying, we've seen the train travel has really picked up, and a lot of train companies around the world are really kind of ramping up their offers and trying to entice people to not only take short-haul journeys, but, you know, really kind of fold that into um, a comprehensive journey. So that's interesting. We're seeing, I mean, there, there's a big debate about plastics, and whether that's just sort of the poster child in the travel industry for everything that's gone bad. But we're seeing hotels and airlines drastically reduce their plastics. So there um, was an airline, Highfly, High and, Eti and Etihad, they're using recycled materials, cutting, you know, eliminating plastics altogether. Um, at the boutique hotel summit a couple of weeks ago, there was a lady from Travel Without Plastic, and she was saying that 15% of plastics in pretty much every hotel could just be removed without a single guest noticing that it's impact their experience at all. So that, that would take absolutely no effort to just remove that percentage. And then the rest of the percentage would take a little bit more considered thought. But I find that really interesting. Well, everything operationally is just people on autopilot doing things how they always did it. So it's just stopping and rethinking what they do. Yeah. And flights and planes, you know, we can shout at the airlines, but they, they are governed by regulations and yeah. safety. All that plastic you see on a plane, if you decline it, like the stirrer, it still goes in the bin because it's gone on that plane. And, that's, and so I always make a bit of a scene with the air hostess. I mean, that's all we can do is constantly make a lot of noise until eventually, you know, something changes. I mean, this plastic straw being demonized is a joke. I get yeah. press releases about Taj. We've banned plastic straws. And, the, and then you go there and there's plastic bottles everywhere. So we just have to look much, much more holistically yeah. and just behind the scenes, exactly as you say, exactly. and make noise. Yeah. And bioplastics, by the way, are not the solution. <laughs> and um, Mandy, what are some of the really innovative um, sustainable travel concepts that you love? Um, so I think it's about doing more with less and having a, a more considered approach. 
So really kind of thinking what matters to me, what do I really want from this travel experience. Um, there's a company called Legom, which is basically a, um, a holiday company, British-based. And they've got an online tool where you can select or deselect services and, um, you know, so, so you could uh, choose to not have your turn-down service in the evening. You could choose to not have a fresh towel for all four members of your family every day. And for every one of these sacrifices that you're making, the cost of your trip becomes less. So I think that's quite clever because, you know, part of it is sort of the, the goodwill halo and we want to feel good about everything and we don't want to feel guilty at all about our trip. But then on the other hand, if you're incentivizing us financially to do so as well, that could potentially be a very win-win situation. Yeah. Um, do you have something? Well, I was just going to say, did you know that the term greenwashing, how it came about? It was in the 80s. An environmentalist coined it because he responded exactly to this ridiculous, if you don't you know, use your towel, you're helping us save the environment. It's the transparency now where, where we're like, no, we're saving you money. And people going, hey, you save us money. As, as, as an operator, so we're gonna we're gonna reward you. Here's a token for a GNT or, or whatever. It's and that transparency and incentivization. You know, it exactly. Fun that adds to the experience. But it's just that, yeah. It's exactly that. It's being much more straight up, and that's where I, you know a lot of these talks have, have mentioned today. People will scrutinise it. They are intelligent. They will understand that it saves you money. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line, isn't it? That sustainability doesn't have to be more expensive for anyone. Um, you know, again, at the boutique hotel summit, they were saying that the highest cost is paying your staff and then paying the energy bill. So if you, you know, if you get in a hotel, so if you get on board with all the sustainability initiatives, everyone's going to win. You just said it shouldn't be. Yeah. I disagree. I think everyone should be prepared to pay a little bit more. Oh, I, I, think that, I think that people definitely should be prepared to pay more, but I think that it's up to suppliers and it's up to the people that are providing it to make that change. You know, you talk about consumers will vote with their feet and they'll vote with their wallets. Um, changing an airline because they don't use single-use plastics or virgin plastics on the, on the aircraft, once the customers are educated on that, they'll vote with their feet and their wallet. People will pay more for it. What you need to do is make sure that the customers are educated and make sure that they're aware of what's going on and let them make their informed opinion. And I think that you can trust in the good of people that once they understand what's going on there as well, that they'll, that they'll make that right choice or the, the better choice for the planet overall there as well. I think that's so. just the luxury consumer, though. Like, is yeah, this, is this a point of privilege that you can of make course. that choice? or you aren't very happy about the sustainability credentials, but that's your only option for a holiday. So you're going to take it anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. If you have a look at the millennial customer, millennial customers are willing to pay more for those things that align with their values. Back to the first point that we were discussing there. Millennials around. who are featured in films such as I, Daniel Blake. Now, I'm only being provocative, but I, it is true. You know, it's very, we're in a privileged position where I'm going, oh, we should have to pay more. But food, sure. fashion, and travel, different things. Definitely. It's just... When you have two exactly the same products. So, if, so how, do you, how do you put that back to the supply chain to make yeah. a change there? That's yeah, the big that's thing it. there. How do you provide a sustainable solution? How do you provide an environmentally friendly solution that doesn't have to cost more to the customer? Yeah. How do you work with the supply chain to find more efficiencies and better ways to produce that product? And then how do you obviously help educate those consumers, maybe the ones that can afford it to begin with, so that then they can vote with their wallets and with their feet and change the behaviour of those other suppliers there as well? Yeah. That's the key there as well. That's like it. That's people exactly making informed it. opinions. 
opinions about what's important to them based on their values. If you, if you Google something, economic nutrition, Zita Cobb, who's the creator of my favorite hotel in the world, Fogo Island Inn in Canada, <laughs> um, but she has something. So, you know, we have the nutrition label on our cereal packet, but what you're talking about is transparency and representing yeah. where your money goes, and it's the economic nutrition. Yeah. And so, eventually, I think we'll probably have to judge every company by its economic nutrition. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And consumers will need to be educated on how to interpret that. Because in the, you know, in the food industry, we've seen how complicated that is. It's very misleading. Yeah, something yeah. looks good, it's not really good for you. Something yeah. you know, kind of camouflaged with something else. So I think it's going to take a very strong educational piece yeah. to consumers to actually empower them to make proper it's good a, decisions. It's a really interesting point, isn't it? There's a difference between marketing and, and third-party certification. Actually, a, a third-party certification, independent auditing coming through to really, really give that stamp yeah. of approval. Um, recently, we became the world's largest uh, travel B corporation, which is fantastic. So this is a movement that started in the US. Is that B Corp? B Corp. Oh, see, I love them. Yeah. I think they're real. Yeah. I mean, accreditation is a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But in Travels. We've, we've just yeah. Yeah. It took us three years to go through this process. Um, we did it fundamentally because it was the right thing to do for our business, um, and we're super, super proud of that. And I think that when you have a look at something there as well, that having that stamp of approval by a recognised independent third-party um, uh, certification shows that it's not just a marketing spin. It's not something there. So Because a lot of them are nonsense. 100%. <laughs> I'll let you do your homework and work on <laughs> yeah, yeah, smoke yeah. and mirrors. But I think we, could, we could go down a bit of a rabbit hole there. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. But, but those things are important. They're gonna, something like B Corporation, which is fantastic. If you haven't yeah. had a look at B Corporation, please do. Yeah. There's lots of great brands doing some great things. And just it says that you set up your business ethically for the right reasons to do good for the planet. Business should be a force for good and should be do good things for, for society and for the planet as well. And, and that's a really, really good certification. That and and something if it's a social enterprise, obviously, again, I would always encourage in a supply chain or anything that yep. is a social enterprise. Yeah. And um, you, you mentioned greenwashing before. Um, what do you think that companies can do to avoid greenwashing? I mean, it is. It's just it's a totally transparency. I feel that... Um, you know, the classic is the luxury, so I know the luxury hotel and boutique sector best, and the classic is, you know, operationally, behind the scenes, they're just, you know, as, as reckless as they've always been, but then they have a cute little turtle initiative, which gets them column inches. You know, meanwhile, they're like plundering water from the main water table, and there are farmers can't water their crops. You know, so it's really, it's, it's, it's different, you know, it's, it's about being transparent all the way through. And talking about your behind the scenes and, and actually educating your customer in a, in a way about maybe you invested in a water borehole because it matters there because, you know, it's, it's the typically boring things, but it's yeah. educating people through the, you know, cliched storytelling. But it, that, that's what it, well, that's, that's the way you do it. It's not just the cute turtle pictures. Mm. <laughs> and um, this was also briefly touched on before, but um, do you think that people are willing to pay more for genuinely sustainable experiences or hotels or yeah, is it yeah. certain ages or certain no I, th I think that i think that generally they are it comes down into that value that value set there as well at intrepid we're a, a tour a tour operator so we actually have a bit more than hotels there's that experience piece that comes in there as well um, but to go somewhere to meet the local people to experience how they live their life to have a cultural exchange you know, share opinions, share ideas, come away with a, with a broader picture on what's going on. That, that's, that's really, really important. 
um, to make sure that people are aware that you're sustainably traveling through that destination, that, that environmental impact or footprint is minimized when you travel with a certain business or something there as well. When it comes down to a price point side by side, people will pay if they can, mm. will pay more for that. And then it's on to the supplier to make sure that they're having a look at ways they can do it. I think that if you have a look at the way trends are going in, in lots of different markets, not just travel, but it's if the people that don't invest in this and don't get behind this will be left behind. It's not a matter of if or maybe, it's they will. And it's yeah. just a matter of time before that happens. And, and the emphasis is on everyone to make informed opinions and actually, um, and actually support the people that are making these changes. I agree. I think it's a tide and everyone has to, has to go with it. Mm. Otherwise, you are really going to be called out, your lack of action. Absolutely. I mean, going back to your point uh, about experiences and why that's great. I think what we have to do as someone, so not that you said my background necessarily, so I was, I've been a journalist 25 years, I was originally the founding editor of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is now an OTA, and now I work with hotels to incorporate sustainability into what they offer and their story around that. And the point is I think you have such a responsibility to communicate, rather than using nice wide-angled images of bedrooms and all of that in the past to, to, mm -hmm. to, to sell holidays, you want to communicate how it's going to make the customer feel. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you can communicate that they will feel better by having a better holiday, and that is so nuanced and complicated, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what is special. And if, if you communicate why, let's say, an intrepid holiday is better than an off-the-shelf, some other that feeling, it, it's, yeah. it's really engaging with them in a meaningful way, uh, speaking to people's... Yeah. Heart and heads, yeah. I think, emotionally. I think that sort of comes down to the changing nature of travel and the changing nature of the holiday itself. We've been doing a lot of research into this and, you know, whilst a lot of people might still want to go to a beach and remain horizontal for a week, um, which is very appealing, um, there are many, many who want to gain more from their time away. They want the relaxation they also want to come away with some sort of sense of achievement. They want to have learned something. They want to have grown in some way. They want to have the travel experience change them in some way that they can take with them into all different parts of their lives. And if they can gain that through immersing themselves in a local community and learning something that they wouldn't have otherwise by being present and fully engaged and being very real and very authentic, um, I think that's a winning formula. Seems to be working for us. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's there's, there's there's so much in it. We do it because it's the right thing to do. Um, as as a business, we we very we have our foundation. Um, it's been going since two thousand and two. Um, we've just invested around carbon. Carbon's a, a, something that's a, a, a massive risk for us, and we need to address that globally. Um, we've just uh, invested in a um, in a permaculture project off the coast of Tasmania into a big seaweed farm that's actually pulling carbon out of the atmosphere into this fast-growing food source that then can be used for food source there as well. And there's all of these initiatives there as well that, that um, not just travel businesses, but businesses can get behind to really make sure we're addressing these problems that, are, that we're facing in our not-too-distant future. And um, how important do you think it is to change the image of sustainability as it is at the moment? Very um, it's probably the most overused word. I think luxury. it's very, and luxury. Um, it's very complex. It's, um, I think it's alienating in a lot of ways because people automatically think that it will be more expensive, so it's not affordable, it's not as achievable. Um, and 
I just think it's been overused. No one wants to make a sacrifice when they go on holiday. And I don't think it should be positioned in that sort of way. Sort of green thinking should just be embedded into a concept. And that's what it is, because that's, that's become the expectation. I don't think a layer of sustainability on top is going to help anyone, really. Two years ago, I felt that sustainability had a really dry... That's why I set up my consultancy. I mean, I mean, it is to sex up sustainability and to change the language around it. I think we have reached that point, actually. I think today showed us that people are understanding that it's... Because it, it, people ultimately are selfish. They can pretend they care about the greater good. They want the best experience for them. Yep. And sustainability, we finally have repositioned it, I think, where we realise it's a better quality product. It's a more emotionally enriching intellectually edifying experience or product. So I think we've just, we're at that turning point. So I think actually let's salute ourselves because I think sustainability has been sexed up a little bit. I think it's also about, um, it's become very personal. So I think that um, it's not about relying on everyone else yeah. to kind of pull you along. And I think, you know, the, the shift that's happening now that we can see is that individuals are starting to think more about, you know, more inwardly, what can I do? What's realistic for me to do? It might not be perfect, might not be a perfect solution, but it, it's become definitely more accountable, I think. Yeah, realistic is key. Yeah. yeah. And um, one big problem in the travel industry at the moment is that social media and the desire to see where certain shows are filmed, etc., leads to over-tourism. In, um, in some destinations. What's the way forward um, for both brands and consumers? Yeah, that's an interesting one, isn't it? There's some crazy stats. Things like the, the population of Iceland is a couple of hundred thousand, but a couple of years ago they had over two million visitors um, to Iceland, which when you think about that is that the infrastructure's not there, the, the hotels and things aren't there for those destinations. So I know at Intrepid what we look to do is we, we, um, we actually look at, at finding other tourism experiences that we can have in those destinations, having a look at other seasons that are still great for, for customers to travel through, but just to go there in winter, here's some other things that you can do. Find some other places which might be a little less, um, less well-known, but just as good, if not better, um, we have our, our teams in each destination actually surfacing and finding these experiences and helping, and helping bring them up for our customers to see and actually go and experience. The benefit for the customer is that they go to a place which isn't as crowded. We'll still go to the, some of the, the key places that people want to see the tourist highlights, but then we go to these other little hidden gems that people might not know about it or might not be as well known. They get a better experience because there's not as many tourists around. Um, they're also helping that local economy by putting some money into their foods and their restaurants and their accommodations and those supply chains there as well. So it's really, really important that, that we keep continuing to find these places and surface these places and, and give customers options about when else they can travel or other places that I they think, can go to. Yeah, it's, a cust it's on the onus is on every, all of us, editorially, yeah. customers, everyone, to identify under tourism or where our money will be more valued. Correct, yeah. And just, yeah, yeah not follow I think, the I think sheep. So like social media culture has also contributed negatively yeah. to that as well, you know, yeah. and I think, um, although it can be flipped to be positive, yep. but I think in the pursuit of the perfect picture, 
and the per you know the perfect scene. Yeah. You kind of detract from the whole experience. And I want to go to a place and meet someone and have a a, a good conversation with a real person and eat some food and yeah. and have some fun and, and look at some sights. Um, it, there's nothing worse than going to a place where everyone's just on their phone trying to get the perfect Instagram picture. Like, what 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 sort of holiday is that? I'm not sure, but um, probably not the one for me anyway. But um, it is it is crazy um, how how much uh, of the shape of or people's decision making around where they go is based on what sort of Instagram picture they can get. And I think it's sort of one of the things that we do to try and address it is find those other places that are going to be just as good or better because that gives people bragability that hey, no one else has got a photo here, no one else has been tagged in this place or something there as well, and it gives those benefits to the community and the person actually gets a better experience as well. So. And um, which sustainability campaigns from travel or non-travel brands have you found exciting? Juliet? Oh, uh, so I, well, I still probably look at things which are uh, related to travel. Sorry, it's my asthma spray, which, by the way, we learned today is just <laughs> one of the worst carbon emission offenders. That was great. That <laughs> so, um, well, I actually I brought, I have a prop, so you've just said that. So sunglasses, we all know Tom's, right? So that was the classic, not the, sorry, I think greenwashing. Sorry if anyone here is from Tom's, please correct me. But I, whenever, you know, one for one, you buy the glasses, they give up. So find brands who do that, but not based on a completely scalable, capitalistic, um, uh, charity-based model. But one, so this is Pala sunglasses. I just ordered them this week. I looked up, I think, ethical glasses, you know. And if you look at their website, I was just looking at it. It was amazing. It really shows how it was made, how they give they, the, the, the main drivers to find a solution to, you know, I think 640 million people don't have glasses or, or whatever, find the solution, but then empower people to work better because they have good glasses. The story is bigger. It's more intelligent. It's about, you know, whereas Tom's yeah. is just like, oh, we just give them some free shoes. It just feels flimsy. Sorry, is that like a... Nice. <laughs> so, but I just think looking at the smaller brands with, with, and supporting them, it feels more like direct action, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's the difference. It's, it's good to see that, that social impact and that bigger piece is at the core of what they do. It's not just they operate a business to then be able to give some money to someone else. You know, I think that's a really, really important important piece that we do there. Um, some of the stuff that we've been doing in the... Um, outside in the, of travel, outside of travel. <laughs> outside yeah, of travel. Could be in trouble yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, in trouble. But anyway, yeah, I'll, 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 um, I can talk all day about some stuff there as well. <laughs> We'll let you go back. I'll go back to my box over here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you? I mean, I love it. It's, that's what learning from the other industry. Is, yeah. Is that uh, what you asked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mind Mind you travel have... as well. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's allowed. <laughs> I mean, I think like governments and tourist boards are really stepping up to the plate. And I think they're making the idea of sort of guardianship of, you know, and a duty of care when you travel um, a big thing. And they're making it quite personal. So we've seen some brilliant examples. Um, so when you travel to Palau, you'll get a stamp put in your passport that basically makes you a guardian yeah. of the local culture and the nature. And you have to sign that. That's amazing. So it's, it's a pledge that you're undertaking to take care and be considered when you're there. And when you're going to New Zealand, um, the government teamed up with Air New Zealand and seven other organizations to create the Tiaki Promise, mm -hmm. which is a similar kind of thing. You're visiting their land and you promise to take care of it. So everyone has to watch a video about that on Air New Zealand before they land. Um, and then they don't have to sign anything, but they should take those principles with them. 
And I think that's really nice because it's, it's, it's making it real and it's making it visual and it's making it tangible and, you know, it's making it personal. So for me, those are really good forward-thinking initiatives. There's another, there's another really good B Corporation, uh, Patagonia. Um, probably about 50 people in this building are wearing some kind of Patagonia clothing at the moment. Um, but they did a really famous uh, campaign around Black Friday in, in, uh, in North America where they went up and said they would donate all of the profits for sales over the Black Friday sales um, through. And their sales went through the roof because, and they were donating through to their charities as well. They also advertised a fact and said, do not buy our clothing. There is too much clothing in the world. Stop buying it. Right? Uh, they offered people to come in, they'd repair their jackets for them for free or their clothing, clothing for them for free. Um, you could come in and recycle the clothing and they would, they would recycle it and use it for other garments there as well. Now, that's really beneficial for the environment and for the planet, but obviously as a brand, you can see that what they're doing is they really, they really walk the talk when it comes to these things. And I think that that's really, really important. It's, it, 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 these things shouldn't be something which is just marketing greenwashing or run a business to do something on the side so we feel good. That, that purpose and that sustainability piece needs to be built into the core of what you're doing as a business. And again, I think that they're the businesses that are going to win going forward. It's really brave, isn't it? And I think that sort of that boldness and that bravery yeah. of making that statement yeah. um, is really, you know, respectable. And I think that's what wins them so many fans. They are being so honest about it. Yeah. And unapologetic and, you know, flexible. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Thank you so much. That flew by, but sadly, that's um, all we have time for. But thank you so much to our great panellists for all their interesting insights. Thank you. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available. 